Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by several things, the Interzone from Microsoft and HPE Tech Talk. I am your host, Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon and foster mom to Edward Scissorhands the dog. And I'm joined today by Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, executive director at Rebellion Pack and TV pilot writer. (laughs) <laughs> that's correct that's correct hey, hey, yeah. i think we should call you hostess with the mostest mm, though. i like that yeah hostess Let's with just the change mostest. your whole title yeah. dog mom with the hmm <laughs> with the big schlong i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know i'm just that's the first thing that came to mind and i know you, that anyway i don't know that's bad but that's well at least anyway. you didn't swear so i'll no, call that a victory swear. for today We have an exciting show for you today, but I bet that it's not a surprising show because what happened this week, but an Apple event. And what else happened this week, but the reveal of a new Google Pixel phone. So we'll be talking about those things, and then we're going to finish up today with a little treat talking about what we are watching because it has been a while since we've checked in. And of course, for uh, if you might remember last week, I was on the verge of obtaining a foster dog. I have a foster dog. You might even hear him during the show if we are unlucky. Um, (laughs) So we'll be giving updates on Eddie the dog. Um, Eddie the dog. Edward R. Bear. Edward R. Bear, who is an angel uh, whom I adore, even though he did chew on several things today that, Mm. well, frankly, I left them within reach. So that was on me. That's on me, buddy. Um, All right. But let's talk about... A boring Apple event. I I didn't think this was boring. I thought this was no. a really good Apple oh. event. I did too. I I mean, look, I I might have had some quibbles. I still there was some ADR work. Did you notice that, Simone? No, I didn't. Okay, the ADR thing drew, drove me a little nuts, but uh, by I'm sorry, and large, ADR. What do you um, mean so, by so, that? So so uh, like uh, basically when you redub in um, dialogue. Oh, got it. Uh, so there were a couple of times when um uh um uh, Craig was talking that it was there was some dubbing um at least from my stream maybe the stream was just off i don't think so because it sounded slightly slightly different but um it, which look fair uh i've done a lot of these things and i understand that like why you would maybe want to make sure you got everything perfect but anyway other than that i agree with you i thought well, it was there's a, really a good very event. critical piece on mashable I, your I'm former home christina now. yeah wow. bringing the fire this uh, is chris me. taylor Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. Yes. Set in the headline, in worst Apple event ever, the tech giant becomes a parody of itself. Uh, And Chris Taylor's criticism is essentially... He's written this before. He's written this post before. This is Um, his beat. (laughs) Well, he wants to be contrarian. And at this point, like, no, look, I, uh, Chris Taylor, guest at my wedding, um, Chris Taylor, who I I adore and love very much, and I think is at this point, like, the longest lasting Mashable person. He's been there for, like, 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe 11. Um, anyway, uh, he likes to be the contrarian and and he gets paid to write the hot takes. Like, that's basically his job now. So. Well, even though I like the products and we will talk about the products, I did see his point in this piece because it, it's a lot about just how there there wasn't a lot of fun in the event. There wasn't a lot of Fair. self self-recognition about the uh, the ways in which Apple can be kind of insufferable, uh, which they've previously oh, yeah. been able to poke fun at. Uh, like he references the 
iPod socks, I believe, and like the the mm-hmm. the the irreverence of them announcing iPod socks, which sounds like a joke, and then it also being real, which just made it better. Um, totally, and I might agree with that if I hadn't also watched the Pixel event this week. <laughs> like, if you want to talk about something with no fun in it, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'll agree with this. I, I think maybe it lacked fun, and maybe it was very corporatized. And I do feel like the ad at the end was one of the most cringeworthy things I've ever seen in my life. But mm-hmm. like like the one where they were trying to be gamers, mm-hmm. like it looked like a poorly made NVIDIA ad. And I was just like, this is why you shouldn't do your in-house. And honestly, I'm going to I've said this before. I'll say it again. I feel like when they fired most of the TBWA Shia Day or, or TBWA like digital media labs, like there was a whole distinct unit that basically from TBWA, the um, ad agency that worked on nothing but Apple stuff. And five years ago, Apple decided to take it in-house. And I do feel like when they took it in-house, I haven't liked the ads. But that aside, I feel like the content was really strong. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Brie. Okay. No, I'm just going to say, like, it's all about the products. Like the Apple event, who cares, right? Like, let's talk about what they're bringing out. Why don't we start by talking about the $19 screen cleaner then, Bria? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I'm excited yeah. about this. Here for this $19 uh, screen cloth, we're going to have uh, preview coverage today. Uh, I mm-hmm. want all our Rocket listeners to know we're going to have an exclusive review coming up because I'm the only person dumb enough to buy this and then yeah. we're going to have like a one year uh, a test to see if it oh, really nice. holds yeah. up so we're going to have full coverage of this it is true apple is actually has the, the gall to be selling us a 19 dollar cloth uh microfiber it used towel. to come in the box that it used to come with it to <laughs> clean your mac uh so wow uh i mean uh Brianna, let's be scientific about this because I don't think you've thought this through. If you really want to properly test this product, you need to order two identical MacBooks and use the cloth Mm. on Mm -hmm. one every day Mm -hmm. and not use the cloth on the other because how else are we going to know if it's worth $19 or not. <laughs> That's really fair. Uh, you know, I also think, you know, we've got to test compatibility. Apple mm, literally, yes. along with this product, lists all the products <laughs> that their cloth uh, is is compatible with. And some of the early iPhones, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're not on there. Some of the early MacBooks are not there. Uh, some of the iPods are not on there. So, you know, we need to go through and test this. I also think it's a real missed opportunity that they're not bringing colors mm-hmm. to this line it's only one color white and <laughs> yeah. you know i want rose gold i yeah. agree i agree they used to have a black one that that's what what the microfiber cloth that used to come i knew it came with the imax i'm pretty sure it used to listeners will correct us for if i'm wrong on this i think it's been a long time since it came with the laptops but it did used to come with the laptops i'm almost positive but it definitely came with the imax for a really long time and it was um, it was a different type of material. I think it wasn't uh, like uh, it was it was more like a uh, almost like a cheesecloth. Whereas this, I think, is like a microfiber. Regardless, mm-hmm. I I would that would be another thing for our testing too. Find one of the old ones on eBay because those were black, and um, but they did have a little Apple logo silk screened in the corner. Um, it would be I'd, nice. I'd be interested. Yeah, I'd be interested in, in like doing a a test with and without 
um, but also like compare the the cloths to one another to see if the, this thing that used to come with the machines has been superseded by an upgraded version of iPod socks, if you will. <laughs> yes, there there's just so many questions that we have about this cloth. Um, but we'll just have to table that for another time, I guess, <laughs> until we have our hands on with the cleaning cloth. For now, I guess let's talk about something totally boring that no one cares about the return of the perfect form of MacBook Pro that I love and have been waiting for for five years. So just Mm -hmm. as predicted, two new MacBook Pros, a 14-inch model and a 16-inch model. What do they have? No touch bar. Instead, that full juicy row of function keys. Woohoo! They've got HDMI, three Thunderbolt ports, an SD card slot, invaluable to me, headphone jack, MagSafe 3, which reportedly charges to 50% 50 in 30 minutes. Um, And they go on pre-order Monday for uh, $19.99 and $24.99, respectively. Also, something maybe unexpected on the new MacBook Pros, the notch. And this has been <laughs> maybe dominating discussion more than the $19 screen rag, uh, which I do appreciate. So the notch, uh, similar to what you would see on the latest model of iPhone, has now come to the MacBook. And a lot of people are not too terribly pleased with it. But you, Christina, are the contrarian in this case. I saw you tweet. I don't care. That you just don't care. <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't care. So A, um, look, I feel like at this point, beggars can't be choosers. Like mm-hmm. We've suffered the indignity for five years. And I say this as someone who gave the MacBook, the Touch Bar one, a relatively good review. Although Apple did, Apple PR did call and yell at me over the phone about the review. I don't think I've ever shared that before, but they're probably never going to talk to me anyway. So I, I don't really care. But no, I, I, got, I got a call like at 11 o'clock at night, like yelling at me on the phone about my review because they really hated the headline, which was wow. that the touch bar was worth what w- w- was a gimmick that wasn't worth the price yet. Um, five years a later. completely fair statement, oh, by the yeah. way. A, a, it was you fair when it. I wrote it. B, it's even, <laughs> B, even more true now. And the thing is, is that I bent over backwards because I'm a fan of trying to not like, not that I gave it a, a improper or unfair review, but when I look back at that review if anything, like I'm mad that I wasn't more harsh on the laptop, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. It, it was it was it was me being hopeful and it was me, I think, like wanting to see, okay, well, this is where the future of laptops is going, and maybe they will do something cool with the touch bar, even though right now it's a gimmick that is overpriced. Cause I also um reviewed the model that didn't have the touch bar, the uh the escape model. Um mm-hmm. and um I I had like three of them that I was I was reviewing at, at the same time. Um and Jeez. so it was one of those things where I was just kind of like, I don't know, but I wasn't critical enough on the key board at all. Um, I own that, although in fairness, in my testing, nothing came up, you know, and the, the problems didn't it's appear hard for months. To, yeah, without the months and months right. of using and, it and, and, and taking it out into the world, it's hard to judge that. And I didn't mind the, the key travel. I think I was used to the the 12-inch MacBook at that point. I didn't love it, but I wasn't like mad at it. Um, the the dongle gate thing, I always felt like it was overblown, but I feel like, you know, it, it's become increasingly clear over the years, maybe just they went too far. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because I look back and I'm like, I was actually probably more fair and maybe ro- more rose-colored glasses than I should have been. But at this point, we had five years to deal with the indignity of what was the worst 
Apple laptop design since the 90s. And and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say ever because there were some clunkers in the 90s. Jason Snell um, and, and Dan Warren would know more, at Stephen Hackett as well. But there were some clunkers in the 90s. But this was not a good design. And I know that they redid the keyboard a number of times and, and blah, blah, blah. But like this was just it was a failure on all counts. So part of me, not that I love the notch, part of me, I'm like, look, we got everything we wanted. We got MagSafe. We got HDMI. We got an SD card slot. We got higher res screens so we can have actual 2X like retina sampling. We got like insanely fast processors and graphical stuff. Like at a certain point, I'm going to go, okay, does this look great to me? Eh, I could go either way, but I, well, I don't care. And the thing is, we were all hesitant about the notch when it came to the iPhone and it it just, you stop seeing it. You just stop yeah. seeing it. Same 100%. with the new Google logo. I remember that. I remember being like, I don't know about this. You stop seeing it. A week after a website's UI changes and you hate it and you're never going to get used to it, you stop caring. It just, that's just how it is. So I don't foresee, I I, I think I see this more as something like fun to complain about. Um I don't yeah. think it will actually bother people. And it's definitely not a deal breaker. Like what if it, for a, $2,000 laptop. This isn't going to be the thing that puts you no. off. No. No. I mean, it's funny because I see people who are being hyperbolic as usual because no one can be normal with Apple stuff, like, which is insane. And and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, but like literally no one can be just like normal human beings about this. Yeah. People are like, are writing things like they completely, you know, messed up the design and this is terrible and blah, 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 blah. And whatever. I'm like, I'm, I'm like chill out. I'm like, first of all, full screen people will do things. Second of all, it's in the menu bar. So it's a good placement. Now, I have some apps that do extend really far, but I use an app called Menu Bar, um, which A, or not Menu Bar, called Bartender, which helps me organize kind of the overflow area. And I'll continue to, to do that. I mean, like, I'm sure that, that there will be ways where either people might be able to adjust, like, wherever the, the UX thing is and, and go down however many, you know, millimeters it is or, you know, do something else. But we also got more vertical um, uh, space in the yeah. screen. Like the, we'll, we'll talk about the details, but the the screen ratio is interesting. It's not quite three by two, but it's close. And so we actually have more vertical space, which to me means I'm like, okay, so I, we lose a few pixels in the middle, but I'm gaining more vertical space. So like, chill out, guys. Like you said, yeah. no one's going to notice uh, in like two hours after using it. So I want to talk about the the GPU inside of this. Let's and do it. I I want to I want to stress this is it's probably going to be very good, right? <laughs> but yeah. the the problem as always is if you're following Twitter during the event, even Joanna Stern, friend of the show, was was calling out just how absurd many of Apple's charts were. So oh, to yeah. get in to get into this, there are two models of the uh the uh the MacBook uh the new MacBook Pro. Uh you have the the MX1 uh Pro and then you have the MX1 uh, uh Max. Max. And the Max is terrible name. Substantially more expensive. Yes, terrible name. Substantially more expensive, but you know it's 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 hard because when you think about integrated graphics traditionally, which this has, you think of a very weak GPU power. Like Intel has done this; it's failed time and time again. Uh, Atom, terrible experience. Like like integrated graphics traditionally are not good. Yet they're they're pointing out all the ways in this, and they're talking about the advantages of this. You know, power being in one location, heat dispersal, not having to have two systems for all of this. It all makes sense. But then. 
Apple comes to the to the claims for this, and they're like, "Here's the M1 uh, MX1 uh, Pro chip, and now we're going to compare it to a powerful laptop." Oh, right, <laughs> with the discrete GPU that's plugged into the wall, that's maybe plugged into the wall, and then they're freaking this out. It's like, oh, of course, powerful, powerful laptop, you know. <laughs> and then they're going like, and then finally, we went out and we compared this to the most powerful laptop we could find, and then that's what they put on the screen, but they don't name it. And so again, I'm sure this is going to be fine overall, but it's just the way Apple hand waves on (laughs) all of these details. I mean, it really is beyond parody, I have to say. So I I just want to return to the critique levied at the beginning of the show that maybe boring was the wrong word for me to use, but it does seem like there are some things about this event that rubbed us the wrong way a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, it wasn't perfect. And there's I'm I'm with you, Brian. I want to talk more about like some of the the GPU claims. We won't know until we get them. I'm I exactly. ordered one. Um bench I'm assuming reviews will go out next week because that's when the first models are supposed to arrive. So I'm assuming the embargo will probably be on Tuesday, unless it's at the end of this week. Who knows? But I'm I'm guessing it'll be next week sometime. Um and uh this again, I, I don't know anything. No one has told me anything. This is just my guess based on many, many, many years of doing this. Um, but the GPU claims were interesting because people were trying to figure out like, well, what what GPU are you comparing against? And people were like, okay, is it a mobile 3080? Is it a mobile 3070? Uh, we've discussed this on the show before, but the mobile chips are not even on the same die. They're completely different than the desktop chips. Then there are different variants. There are the high wattage ones and the low wattage ones. And then there's like a, even a medium wattage one. So you don't even know what 3070 or 3080 you're getting. Apparently, NVIDIA has now made the manufacturers like tell people, but they really don't. Mm-hmm. So your razor blade advanced i'm pretty sure uses the low wattage one which means that it's going to have less power then you don't know okay well how much better or worse is this cuz even in those tests they were like well yeah this more powerful thing had you know better performance granted the what you know uh power per watt completely better on the macbook not doubting that but some of these things i'm looking at i'm like okay i feel like these are apples to oranges because like Bree said, we don't know what they're competing against. B, and this is the most important thing, like the software, that I don't have any kind of conclusive stuff on. Because most of the really high-end GPU, like relative stuff, are either going to be like game engines or um, 3D graphics works mm-hmm. or like compute stuff like 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 CUDA um, and, uh, you know, R and, and some other things. And so some of those programs exist on Mac. Many of them don't. So like you could have the, all the power in the world but you're still not going to actually have games on Mac, first of all. Mm-hmm. And and then you're, you know, and then when some of the higher workload things, like, again, like DaVinci Resolve, awesome. Final Cut and Motion, awesome. The other apps, I mean, I, I don't even think Adobe uses, uh, uses Metal API. I think they use some other weird things. So I don't know, you know, like, it's out there. And, and it's more than it's it's they're 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 comparing the raw computing GPU power, right? right? Like they're putting it all in a big bucket. That's not the full story. Like let's take the biggest feature of this generation of game consoles, which is ray tracing. You know, they went through there's there is a specific 
protocol and specific technology that developers then have to tie into their engine, whether it's Frostbite or Unreal or Unity or whatever it is, you have to go through and actually enable that. And that's because NVIDIA has gone through and spent a ton of money and technology on building these tools for it to be enabled. There's a whole host of those kinds of NVIDIA technologies. Mm -hmm. And the way it works is you have to have relationships with developers, Mm, with companies like Epic, for instance. Right, right. right. Like Unreal would be great on this, maybe, but that'll clearly never happen. Uh, Of course. So it's, it's, my point is, uh, look, I think this is going to be fine for you to play iPhone games with a cartoon style on your Mac. I'm sure that's going to work out great. And the few games like Final Fantasy XIV, where they've gone through and have used Apple's uh, graphics uh, APIs, that's going to run fine. But but the point is, it's just such a, I don't want to say misleading, but not not helpful frame of like raw GPU power, because the question is the technologies that's allowing the companies that have buy-in for the ecosystem. And I just, I, I, it it was irritating. Yeah, I I agree with that. I was on a MacBreak Weekly yesterday and I I was talking with uh, Leo and Alex um, and um, uh, Alex Lindsay and Andy Anako about this. And I was trying to kind of get that point across too, which is to be like, not that I, it, look, I feel like, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about the the chip stuff, I feel like the silicon advancements that Apple has made are nothing short of astounding. And and I think that they are clearly leading in this space. Like they're doing stuff that if, if even 75% of the benchmarks are true, that is just unbelievably impressive. That said, with the graphical stuff, like you said, so much of it is relationships and like SD, SDKs and APIs and tools and tooling things. And so part of me, I look at it, I'm like, okay, the comparison charts are weird. We don't know exactly what you're doing. But at the end of the day, even if all of this is true, do you have the tools where people can actively take advantage of this in the the manner in which they would want to? And I think in maybe a couple of use cases, you do. But I feel like in a lot of use cases, again, like, you know, Unreal Engine being a great example, you don't. And so mm. I wonder what what's the point right like we can have the greatest thing in the world but if you don't have software there and if you don't have tooling for developers to build software there like okay cool it, we have something to brag about but we don't have anything that takes advantage of it it's kind of like the ipad right you can run all these pro quality apps but there aren't any so you know that uh, is the problem well, let us table the laptops for now and return to them at a later time. And I will tell but, you before, that this oh, episode, okay. oh. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Of Rocket. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by the Intrazone from Microsoft. Disclosure, Christina works there, but I don't think she has anything to do with this, actually. I do not. You do not. I am one, especially now that I have a... Uh, dog a temporary dog i am now listening to podcasts back at full speed again uh just like i was when i was commuting to work and i do very much enjoy getting podcast suggestions from my friends and getting a little window into their mind and discovering this new world of people talking about stuff that they are knowledgeable about and that they love and if you are in that same boat, my listeners, if you're looking for a new show to listen to, The Intrazone could be the show for you. It's a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interview- interviews hosted by the SharePoint team on how SharePoint 
OneDrive, Teams, Viva, and more can work for you. A more focused tech podcast than the one you're listening to now, if you will. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field so you can see how SharePoint and Microsoft 365 fit into your everyday work life and learn more about the flexibility when working with content, workflow, search, and more. Each show covers a bunch of segments, like, for example, news and announcements, a focused topic of the week, guest perspectives from product experts inside and outside Microsoft, and upcoming events, conferences, and workshops so that you can put what you learn into practice. Topics for each show are very interesting. Previous episodes cover, for example, uh, cloud administration, no to low code solutions with Power Platform. I love me a no code solution. Uh, and AI and machine learning, which of course are very interesting to us. So, uh, if you would like to go ahead and go listen to the Intro Zone, you can do that immediately. Just search for the Intro Zone wherever you get your podcasts. That is I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E, or just click on the link that's going to be in our show notes right here. Go check it out. That is, again, IntraZone, wherever you get your podcasts. Our thanks to IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Brianna, did you have final thoughts about the MacBook Pros? Yeah, I feel like I... I I just don't want listeners to get the wrong idea here because we're being somewhat critical and covering like the the negative parts of it. These laptops are a freaking home run. I mean, Christine, you spent what four thousand on yours with tax, money yeah. Less. Money yeah. well spent. Mm-hmm. The, these are great laptops. Uh, the screen looks great. The notch looks good. The expanded ports look good. Simone, the whole time watching his presentation, I'm thinking this is the the this laptop Simone's Simone laptop. dreams of. Oh 100%. yeah, it's the one that I've been waiting for all this time. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I yeah, cannot it, wait to bully my workplace into obtaining it for me. Uh, you should. Um, I mean, it's it just looks absolutely amazing. If I had not literally bought the one from last year, I would have bought this the second it it, it was announced. So mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. This is this is great work. Apple is back at the top of their game. Did they have to undo all the bad things they've done, <laughs> like keyboard removing ports and uh, touch bar? Yeah, yeah, they did. They're back at the but, top of their game where they were right. five years five ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of things that I also immediately want, uh, the new AirPods model was also mm-hmm. revealed. Uh, same sort of sh- basic shape as the AirPods Pro, but minus the interchangeable tips. But these base AirPods come with spatial audio, and they're apparently sweat-resistant. <laughs> they go on pre-order Monday for only $179. And because uh, Apple has ruined me, I read that and was like, oh, dope. How cheap. Uh, <laughs> but it is, right? Am I crazy? No. I mean, I think that, look, I think that at this point, um, A, I like that they kept the originals around and that they're going to be 130 bucks because I feel like, A, that that means it'll be $100 um, on sale mm-hmm. because the AirPods yeah. it, have been interesting. They've been this – Apple sales have become more common. Um, it used to be that the retailers were always afraid to go below MSRP. They aren't anymore. But AirPods especially – like I think I was able to get you yours for $150, I think. Might have been $135. I don't remember. But I was able to get a good, a good deal on them. Um, I got some from my mom recently for her birthday, um, uh, her uh, third pair, because um, the original ones I got her four years ago um, had worn out. Um, and, and she needs two pairs at night because my mom, um, mm. 
but I feel like uh, if you didn't want to go all the way up to the AirPod Pro, which are still expensive, you know, they're $250 and uh, you you don't need the noise canceling, I feel like for what is essentially, you know, like $50, like, like $10 more maybe, uh, $20 more than what the old AirPods were, you get a better design, better battery life, the spatial audio, the better controls. I feel like it's a it's a really nice update especially for people who, again, at this point, um, and, and Brie, you've mentioned this in the past, and I agree with you, like the the whole waste aspect is unfortunate. However, you know, if you're talking about people who have had these things at this point for, you know, four or five years, your battery is more than likely, is more than likely toast. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is a, a nice update for people who maybe have pairs that are several years old and, and don't want to spend $250, but are like, no, I can spend 180 so I, I've dropped with my butter fingers mm-hmm. a couple, an AirPod or two on the ground a few times. And I'm just wondering if you've noticed changes in their Bluetooth sort of receptivity or, or rather their, their touch sensitivity if you drop Ooh. them on the ground a good few times. I can't say I've seen that myself. Well, yeah, neither I have am. I. Now, Apple <laughs> also revealed in a desperate attempt to get us to purchase the HomePod colors <sighs> for the HomePod so Mini. Ugly. It is still $99. So it comes now in yellow, orange, and blue starting I mean, in November. I, I like the colors. They're, they're Really? It's nothing. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the colors, but I don't like the colors themselves. Wow. Don't let Christina bully you, Brianna. You yeah, stand up for your like them. I'm, I'm, that's that's cool. Do not do not let me no, bully that, you. That, it's a, really like I. It's such a weird orange that I yeah. don't know whose house has that orange in it. I, I it's me. It's literally me. I have a oh. pillow. This is, I think, one of my favorite shades of orange. I have a pillow that has roosters on it. That is this orange. Anyway. That's beside the point. Well, I'm still not getting get it. Well, you got to get the HomePod, Simone, no. and they're not going to sell any. <gasps> I do think it's pretty. Like, you know how I feel about that sort of cloth-like exterior. And I do genuinely, I love the warmth of the colors. They're very fall, very earth-toned. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty into the colors. It's not going to make me get a HomePod. I have both of them. You know, in the, the HomePod Mini, it's a fine product. But it's not something I'd want to draw attention to. Like, I feel like it should be that neutral color Mm. and just hide in the background. Like, the mini especially is not a thing of beauty. It doesn't sound like something you're proud of. It costs a hundred freaking dollars. It's a functional Siri. It's it's just not that special, you know? Wow. What a good transition you've just given me, Christina. If you've got something really important to say, you can take it away from me. Sure. Yeah, no, I was just going to say um, the the thing that still kills me about it. It's like it's $100. The colors are what they are. The orange is similar to the color that Google has on, on like, I think it's the Nest Mini. And, and before it used to be called something else. Um, uh, maybe it was like the Chromecast. I don't remember what it, what it used to be called. But um, it, you still can only use it with like Siri and with, with Apple Music. Uh, although now for only $5 a month, you can have Apple Music that you just talk to. So that's a thing. Apple like voice plan music. Thank you for whatever. restoring my transition to me. Speaking yes. of Siri. <laughs> this has to be. Okay, so Apple announced a fantastic new low price tier for Apple Music where you are forced I guess to become a walking advertisement for Siri Mm -hmm. by needing, by not being able to use your keyboard to search. 
you have to use Siri. It's called the the Apple Voice Plan. Why did they do this? This is so dumb. This is the worst idea that anyone has ever had. (laughs) If I could be hyperbolic for a moment. No, you're totally right. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. Amazon has a very similar plan for um, like Amazon Music that just works with the Echo stuff. Here's the thing. There's actually like A, that assistant actually works. Um, B, a lot of people get like the free, you know, music or maybe want to get a slightly upgraded experience and that's why they do it and they primarily listen to music that way. I get why they maybe want to be in that competitive space, I suppose. But you're really just calling attention to the fact that your voice assistant is hot garbage. And why why would I pay $60 a year to be forced to use it to talk, to get, you know, to, to play certain albums and how it works, the, the big differentiator. A, like, like Simone said, you have to use voice. B, you can play things on demand, which is different um, than like, say, a, a typical Pandora thing where you can only listen to curated stations. You can listen to Apple radio stations, but you can't create playlists and... Um, you know, you have to use your voice to be like, hey, I could play this full album or I could play this song, but really you're going to be saying, play this type of music or play whatever, and it just goes off. I've heard anecdotally from people on Twitter who are like, oh, yeah, that's the only way I use, you know, uh, my music subscription and whatever. And to those people, God bless. But yeah, I just I personally don't understand why you would release a service, A, with that name, because this is we're getting into some Microsoft t- territory with the naming, and that is not a compliment. And B, like literally just drawing attention to the absolute worst part of your services repertoire. Uh, every word you said is right. Yep. Yep. The, it just, uh, it, I laughed. I laughed at this, frankly, because it just, it, like, I get that it exists in other forums and other services, but it, the idea of on the phone, taking yeah. someone's keyboard away as a speaker yeah. thing, I get it. Sure. On my echo, love that for me if i if i had an echo and if i was an amazon music subscriber great stuff no not on my phone there's a keyboard there i know there right let me use it uh anyway i mean we could rip on that probably forever but i think we should move on um and talk about google's announcement uh the pixel 6 so the pixel 6 is well, this is a transition to a new topic, by the way, but we just did an ad read, so I'm not going to give you your customary ad read break, but just know that this is topic two, folks. So this is topic two. Um, real quickly, just for anybody who's curious, yeah. before we get into the Pixel thing, this is the this is the laptop I ordered. So I got the 14 inch, not the 16 inch, because it's too Why? big. Why? Because it's too big. Uh, it's I, honestly, lo- I if love I, a little 14 inch or t- uh, 12 yeah. inch laptop, frankly. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the right size for me. I feel like the 16-inch, because I have an iMac, and I have a lot of monitors, and I do hope to be able to travel with this. And for me, just the the size, I know it's slight, but it's it's, it's too big. A purse laptop, everyone loves it. Go on. Right. So so I got the 14-inch with the 32-core GPU, which is complete overkill. So I got the <sighs> max. And then I got 64 gigs of RAM and the one terabyte hard drive. I did not upgrade the hard drive because they wanted... $400 to go to two terabytes. No, thank you. Um, I did pay the ridiculous price to go to 64 gigs of RAM, which I'm sure I won't need, but I, I want to keep this laptop for five years. Yeah. Um, that's about how long I've had my my last um, laptop uh, from Apple. And then I, I did the 32 core, which again, I feel like it's probably over core, overkill on the max, <laughs> but I'm just like, go big or go home. Um, so, so for people who are curious, that was the spec I got in Space Gray. So um, it, very, very expensive, but I'm very, very excited. 
Yeah, I think you got the right spec. I would have gotten the 16 inch. Yeah, I, just, I hear that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I feel like when I get this, the bigger laptop, I always end up keeping it longer. And maybe it's because like the extra screen real estate means I, I use it as like a workhorse. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. But it's, uh, it looks great. I'm really jealous. Yeah. I think if for, if I, uh, God willing, get this for work, I will get the 16 inch model. That's what my Makes 15 sense. is my current, uh, MacBook Pro for work. But for a personal laptop that I'm frankly mostly using, like maybe at a stretch to play games on, but I'm frankly mostly using to record this podcast and as a word processing machine and as an internet browsing machine, I really like just being able to pop it in a purse and like take it to cafes and bars and carry it around my home with one hand. Um, so I understand your choice, Christina. All right. Wow. I think we spent just enough time on that to say that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Tech Talk, a podcast from the folks at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Guess what? Guess what it's time for again? To also enjoy finding a new podcast to listen to. (laughs) I swear, listeners, I'm not trying to get you to stop listening to this show. I just want you to have that good tech juice carried throughout your week. Tech Talk is the show that talks through HPE news, tech insights, and world-class innovations. I listened to one of their episodes uh, about the International Space Station, because uh, HPE has this uh, space-born computer, too, that's doing work up there. And so they had Dr. Michael Roberts, who's acting chief scientist at the ISS, uh, come on the show and talk about like the kinds of science that they're doing on the ISS that they can only do in space, which is interesting. Um, And that's something that I had not really thought about before. Uh, So, and everyone involved had a really soothing voice as well. And if you also would like to listen, you can expect episodes like, for example, why the future of data is cloud native and hybrid, or maybe the future of technology, data management, disruptive software ecosystems, and AI, as well as, oh, how Walt Disney Studios is experimenting with AI and machine learning to help creatives within the filmmaking process. The show takes you straight to the source, interviewing some seriously impressive tech leaders like For example, Dr. Michael Roberts from the ISS U.S. National Lab, Monica Livingston from Intel, and Emily Christensen, a master candidate in applied data science at USC. You can listen to brand new episodes of HPE's Tech Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Tech Talk now or click the link in the show notes again that is hpe tech talk and our thanks to them for their support of this show and relay fm now it is time to speak of the pixel 6 it comes on october 28th and it looks good looks really really good it looks pretty freaking good really sexy so the pixel 6 uh features google's own proprietary chip tensor a chip that excels in ml algorithms and machine machine learning algorithms and this phone most scandalously starts at 599 dollars which is completely nuts uh compared to other phones and a pair, compared notably to Google's own Pixel 5 base model. Of course, the Pro model starts at $899, which is more still expensive, great. but still undercuts Pro models from Apple and Samsung. So, and 
as I mean, I, I think on this show, we obviously are iPhone fans, but none of us can dispute that go- what Google does with ML is it's unreal. It's top it's of the better. line. Yeah, it's better. It's better. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's better. I think Apple has better um, optics typically in their cameras. And I think that some of their built-in software is often tuned better. I think that without question, Google's ML and stuff on, on any of their camera sensors, not to mention all their other stuff, is just like head mm-hmm. and shoulders above anybody else. The look of the phone. So instead of a camera hub on the back, it has this black visor-like stripe uh, I love it. Contains the cameras and the rest of the phone's back is this two-tone design with like the main color mm-hmm. below the visor and then a darker accent color above it, which looks slick as heck. Uh, it also supports the TensorShip chip supports a range of camera upgrades that include Google's Magic Eraser, which lets you disappear things, notably people who are standing in the background of your beautiful landscape photos uh you can just erase them from the back of the photo which in in this phone it will also work on photos taken on older models uh of phones it also features their real tone tool which uses machine learning to accurately photograph people with darker skin tones which cameras have historically not been designed to photograph so this is a who we love to see a price drop, frankly. Mm, <laughs> this yeah. is bold. It's a big one, too. I I I watched this whole thing, and it was, y'all, it was, okay, so first, we're bagging on Siri. So can we just say, like, this showed Google's voice assistant working on here uh, in their in their event, and they had it transcribing, and I, I, I literally just weeped tears mm-hmm. of jealousy at, at seeing it transcribe voice accurately and quickly, as opposed to Siri, which is, I mean, at this point, Siri is the Yugo of... Of voice technology, it's so bad. So yeah, there's there's that like ML vision, right, and the tensor chip inside of it, which, as you said, Christina, is superior. But look, let's just be honest here. It's the look of this phone. It is so sexy. I love the camera bar across the back. It's like, you know, Porsches, modern Porsches have that light bar across the back of it, like that long sweeping curved bar. This is exactly like that. And inside the bar, it the way the zoom works is they have like a series of lenses lined up in the bar that will, will go through, it'll guide the light through as many lenses as you need for the level of zoom that you're at. And the colors are, I mean... It's just it is they they look so friendly but mm-hmm. and happy but sophisticated yes. at the same time. Visually, mm-hmm. it's just a home run. It's not garish at all. Yeah, I love the look of it, and we are always, or at least I am always. I'll speak for myself here. I've been bummed about phone designs for a while because they all tend to look the same. And this is mm-hmm. really obviously, you know, it's still a rectangle. It's still it still looks like a phone. But I love what they did with the varied colors because I feel like often, you know, they want to just have like something unified so that it doesn't put off too many people. Like you pick the color that you like, but you don't have to pick a, a design, God forbid. But like this is a really subtle and as you said, Bree, sophisticated way to do a little bit of fun color design in a phone. 
I, Christina, look at this. I just put it in our group chat. Like that coral color. It's like splitting mm-hmm. the difference between rose gold where it's like hypersaturated at the top is undersaturated at the bottom. I think it's like a feminine color, but it's bold at the same time. I just, I freaking love this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, people want it. So my friend, my, uh, very good friend, Jeremiah, who's a massive, so he's an Android fan, uh, the way that I'm an Apple fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have lots and lots of, of arguments and he's the only person that I put up with green bubbles for, frankly, like <laughs> there, 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 there are a couple of other people that I, I mean, I'll talk to them, but he's the only person that I actively text like every single day. Who's a green bubble. So, um, uh, and his kids just recently went to, to, um, blue bubble status. He's very upset, but he always gets the latest Google phone every single time. And he wanted to get the pro. He was only able to get the 128 gigabyte variant, <laughs> um, uh, uh, because the, their website crashed the, the same way like it was like an apple event everybody wanted to buy one the website crashed hard so he was only able to get the 128 gigabyte a model but he got that color because he was really into that color and uh that's like the sand color or whatever mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh uh so he he was really down with that but um yeah no it looks really good and the features look great lauren good um uh tweeted that she like would move to android if it weren't for iMessage i would not do that however uh, I know that my husband would. Uh, he doesn't have a choice in the matter because he gets my hand-me-down. So unless he wants to buy his own phone, like he uses SOL. Um, well, it's just the truth. Um, and because I'm not buying him an Android phone. And um, uh, But it is one of those things where like you see a phone like this and you see a lot of the stuff they're doing, which is so interesting. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Really good job. Really yeah. good job. So I'm jealous of some ways of Jeremiah. Like he, we always fight each other over who has the better camera. And um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who wins this round. Oh, I love to see something like this just because it it's it's pushing form and function forward. It's yes. such a competitive price and love it looks so good. So any kind of competition between Google and Apple, I'm super into because even though I'm not moving to Android, it's just going to make Apple better in the long run, I hope. Uh, don't crash and burn, guys. Uh, so yeah, and I'm just this is this is really cool. So how do we feel about the pinhole? Like, so Apple has the notch. For this one, they just, the screen goes around the camera and there's just this pinhole of a camera hole there. And I I kind of love it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really awesome. How do, yeah. how do yeah. y'all feel about it? I think it? it looks great. I mean, again, at this point, I almost feel like Apple has chosen the notch to be like an aesthetic feature. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, and I almost feel like they've they've gone real hard. Like it went from being kind of like trying to ignore it to even though it's lessened on on the iPhone 13, I feel like they've they've just kind of embraced it. And and I'm down with that. But I really do like the pinhole um, capabilities. And and I, I don't know if there's a reason why Apple, like for all the sensor stuff they're doing, why they have to, to do that. Apple has decent front facing cameras. It's not like it's it's not even the best in, in, in the industry. Uh, their, their rear facing, I think, is a different story. But like the front facing, there are definitely Android devices with better. Um, so I don't know if it's like a, a requirement for face ID or what the issue is. But I like it. I feel like that's probably the most unobst- unobtrusive way to do it if you can do it. Mm-hmm. And the bezel is just super duper thin on the front. Like it's practically yeah. non-existent. Um, yeah, I think it looks great. I'm totally with you. All right, so that is going to reviews for that will come out next week, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. We may continue to cover it, but I, for all you Android users out there, you Android users who listen to our show, sorry, congrats, we love you, uh, love you, congratulations, <laughs> so happy for jealous. You. Please let us know how you like your phone. 
All right, for dessert this week, we are doing a chill topic and talking about what we are watching. So, uh, Brianna, why don't we start with you? What are you really enjoying right now? All right. So uh, I I know neither of you probably watched this, but did either of you see Midnight Mass? Of course not. What is that? No. Right. So it's a horror movie. It's a it's a horror series. It's done by the same guy that did uh, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I like that. that guy. Right. So oh, and what's his set- face? Matt, Matt Sarenson from um, Friday Night Lights is in it. I see that. Okay, sorry, yep. go on. Uh, so it's it's set right here in Massachusetts. <gasps> And it's on a small island that's basically Cape Cod, but much smaller. And you may not know this if you don't live in Massachusetts, but there are a lot of Catholics here, like a lot oh, sh- of them. What? Like, huh? like, you like, don't say. Like, I know. It's shocking. <laughs> and there's a very puritanical streak of it. So this is a horror series about kind of a smaller Cape Cod island about uh, there's there's... Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a mystery going on. Like the uh, the the everyone goes to church, and your main character like uh, committed murder and went to jail and came back and lost his faith. And then there are all these things going on. You see like these really, really, really religious people like trying to make sense of a mystery through their faith Mm. and maybe downplaying some of the evil that might be going on around them because they're using their faith as a prism for that. And as someone who grew up in the church, it's very, it's not like negative on religion. It's just, it's exploring both the the positive aspects and the dark side of it. But it's uh, like, it's gotten excellent reviews from everyone. Um, It is really horrific. The second to last episode is probably the most intense show I've ever seen on streaming. Really? Uh, It's, it's, it's a lot. Okay. (laughs) Really sit down before you watch that. Uh, But I'm watching that. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Also, as far as uh, uh, like horror shows, uh, Amazon streaming took, I know you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't yeah, know, yeah. this is kind of a classic when I was a teenager. They had oh, Scream yeah. come out, and then Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, starred in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Same, same writer, of, uh, yeah, Kevin Williamson, yeah. who created Kevin Dawson's Williamson. Creek, also wrote Absolutely. both of those. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of teenagers get drunk, uh, think they killed someone try to cover up the hide the crime so their lives aren't destroyed. Then you fast forward one year later, someone's trying to kill them. They don't know who's doing it. The the new version of it is unbelievably porny. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I don't care if you're straight, if you're gay, uh, whatever you are into, there's a lot of material here that you're going to enjoy. It's basically straight porn. Oh boy! Uh, but but it's well done. It's well but, done. But, but, they, but it's well done porn. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. I mean, it is. Uh, it's classy. They they, they tweak the 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 concept. So uh, the 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 main character, the Jennifer Love Hewitt character, is actually twins. And one of the twins uh, is killed in an accident. Um, and it's set in Hawaii. And uh, just again, it's it, it took me an episode or two to get into it, but it's really, really horrific and well worth your time. 
really, really horrific and well worth your time. It was a great like her. review for no, the I like show. Her. And I have to say, uh, just, just for anyone who's not familiar with the 1997 classic, uh, I know what you did last summer, it is not as good as Scream. Scream is obviously, in my yep. opinion, the greatest of the horror films yep. of that genre. I would also argue, as I did in a college paper, and I think a high school paper as well, I think I, I reused the high school paper and made it better in college, that it is singularly responsible for the entire like late 90s, um, early 2000s, like teen boom, um, uh, like that one film. But um, uh, I know what you did last summer, not as good, but still very good. It's iconic. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, um, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince uh, Jr., Ryan Felipe, like just icons of the day like it it was basically like if all i don't i don't even know who the tiktokers are now i don't care uh but if if all of them were to get like in a movie like that would be the movie oh yeah uh, you know kind of equivalent like it was like peak all of those people because they were all like huge so mm-hmm. um i i uh i i remember the sequel being with brandy and mckay pfeiffer i remember being kind of crappy but um i will oh it's uh, terrible christina yeah. what are you watching yeah. So other than that, I will catch up on that. So I'm watching a lot of stuff. So uh, Succession season three just debuted. Um, so excited to have the Roy family back because they are my faves. And um, I want to have like Roman's like uh, he's just great. And, and <laughs> sh- I love the whole thing. So um, I, I'm watching that. Um, and, and for people who haven't watched Succession, it is uh, on HBO. It is a kind of a parody satire drama about a family that is loosely based on both like the Murdochs and the Redstones. So like the family behind like Fox and also uh, Paramount, uh, Viacom, whatever. And uh, Paramount existed beforehand, but with Viacom then bought it. Anyway, um, so that just came back after two years. So very excited about that. I'm also uh, really into the second season of The Morning Show. Uh, which I know Brie disagrees with me on, which is totally cool. cool. Um, it is very, very soapy this season. They like leaned in hard, I think, to the fact that this is like an adult melodrama. And I love that because I love a good melodrama. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've actually watched all of it um, because I had screener access and I'm not going to spoil anything, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed season two of The Morning Show. Um, what else am I watching? Um, those are, I guess, two of the big ones. Um, something else will come to mind. Simone, what are you watching? I so as you all know, I recently got back from experiencing European culture, mm-hmm. and as such, I simply had to begin watching you, me, and my ex with my wonderful roommate who I adore. Uh, she, while I was gone, went through a whole journey and fell down this sort of rabbit hole of reality shows that are available on Amazon Prime, and this was the one that she surfaced to bring to my attention as the true bottom of the barrel, really scrape in that barrel here. It is a show about couples uh, whose exes are unusually involved in their lives. Okay. Uh, it is I, the darkest, most desperately nightmarish thing I have ever witnessed. Um, one of the groups of people, for example, um, is... This woman who fell in, divorced her husband and got together with their mutual neighbor, uh, who had also just divorced his wife. And, but the wife, the ex wife, and the ex husband are both still really involved. So, the April, the woman who divorced her husband and left him for John, uh, she calls her ex husband as her best friend. They're getting matching tattoos. She's not telling John about it. Uh, and she has started a podcast. <laughs> 
huh. with Lauren, John's ex-wife, to help them overcome their differences. And they're doing like sexy photo shoots together. <laughs> and it's just the darkest the darkest thing I've ever seen. And meanwhile, there's this like quad quad of people from New Jersey who are just so extremely from New Jersey. Where you can tell the woman has moved on. She's with a new guy. Her ex-husband has remarried. They're all going on a road trip to Florida together to, quote unquote, surprise their son for his 21st birthday, which I think means ruin your son's 21st birthday because who wants that? Um, And she's so clearly trying to get back together with her ex-husband. It is fascinating television it's it it's it's incredible i definitely recommend it every episode is only 40 <laughs> minutes long but feels like five hours i love it okay i'm here for that I, oh, i've been watching only murders um only murders in the building i need to watch that that's what really good what is this uh, it's it's uh um uh martin short and steve martin and um uh selena gomez and um i'm i'm a big fan Wait, can you actually explain the plot of that show for the listeners? It, it is on Hulu. It is really good. It is um, it's like a kind of like a mystery comedy series. And it's um, like there are three strangers who are like obsessed with the true crime podcast. And um, uh, there's like a murder of uh, their neighbor. And they decide to basically start their own um, like podcast, like covering the investigation into it. Yeah, it sounds like a send up of kind of true crime pro- podcast, but also sort of like a, a Nora Ephron through a lens, through a mirror directly. 100%. Uh, which yeah, wh- is right at my alley. 100%. And and then and the casting is great. You know, like I said, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, who's great. Um, uh, She is a very good featured singer and like they do great things with her voice. But I think that her like, I think she's actually a really good actress and doesn't get enough credit for that. Um, uh, Amy Ryan is in it. No, it's it's a really good show. So um, that's uh, that's another really good one. All right. Well, so yes, I, go on. I need y'all to explain to me something. Uh-oh. I have tried so hard, so hard repeatedly to get into succession. I've tried. I, I and it's like, Christine, you're talking about it. Simone, I know you said you enjoy it. Like all of Twitter is talking about it. I tried to get through the first season again. I even skipped to the (laughs) final episode of the first season, hoping it would like jumpstart me into watching season two so I could watch season three and have this adventure with everyone else. And I I hate every (laughs) character on this show so much. And like I... I understand rooting for bad people, but like Walter White, you saw the humanity inside oh, yeah, no, of these people, him. Yeah, no, no, these people, most of them are Im- irredeemable. Um, right. Why do you like it? I don't understand it. I guess because I do, I do still feel pathos for them, even as I recognize that they're, you know, no, you're, you're totally right that no one on the show is doing good things. Um but I still really feel for them, especially on the level of the interpersonal family stuff. Like as siblings, those relationships I find fascinating. The relationship between all the kids and their dad is just so rich and grueling and nightmarish because it's this this trap of a situation where they are all trying to break away from him, but simultaneously mm-hmm. trying to prove themselves to him, but simultaneously thinking, oh, but but he has this power that maybe he can give me and maybe maybe love that he can still give me because right. ah, they're yeah, they're all you know adult 
abuse children essentially um who are yeah, just I can see who that. are trapped in this relationship and i find that so fascinating to watch it play out yeah for me and i i, I don't even have so much pathos as it is in some cases it, it's just downright respect for like the hustle and in the <laughs> gamesmanship and like the the just the the you know like the, the the shrewd moves um i think part of it is that i've been a media obsessive for forever so the the thing the fact that i know the things that in some cases they are parodying like like there was an episode in the second season where they it involves a, a, a vice slash buzzfeed like media company and it is incredibly too true to life it is one of those things where i'm like wow that really hit so there are some things where i i feel like i i because i know people who work in those worlds i i kind of like can you know see like the the parts that are realistic e- mm-hmm. even as gross as they are but then i just i love like all like the the minutiae and the scheming the planning i love a good scam and a good scheme mm-hmm. and and this is a lot of it i also think the acting is really good the acting is top tier everyone yeah, the is acting doing is so just good. fantastic i totally can understand and respect like if you can't get into it you can't find something to root for like i yeah, and I totally understand that. For me, it's just one of those shows where I love it. And it's just delightful. Like to me, it, the deliciousness of trying to see how everybody is trying to play one another because they're all pathological liars and they're right. all like out for themselves. And I don't know. I find that I I, I, I find it uh, fascinating. You is also another one. Um, season three of you just came out with the um, Mr. Gossip Girl himself, Penn Badgley, <laughs> um, and uh, where he's the kind of like a serial killer stalker. That's a good one, too. Um, yeah, but I yeah, like but, but look. It's not for everybody. If, you, if you, you've given it a good solid try, I would. You do not need to try you it anymore. You put in your it time. Not your show. Yeah. You put in your time. You tried. Fair. I mean, it's like you want to like Siobhan, right? Like you yeah. want to like her, but she's so soulless. In oh yeah, like, but she, I love she's, that. Her I love that too. objective is the same as as mine in many ways, right? Like she wants to go make a big difference in DC, but there's so much emptiness behind that, and she's so terrible to this guy she's marrying, who's also it, oh, and it, I mean, it gets worse. Oh. It gets so oh, much it worse. Gets way worse. Like I'll. I'll Briefly, I think what I love about that, what I love about that character is that it doesn't necessarily go softer on her because no. she's like the daughter of the family. Thank you. And you right. could have a situation where like it, it, she starts out in that position. You're like, oh, well, she's she's the liberal. She's, she's the, the nice one who one. has broken and, out and of this cage. And in the second no. season, brief spoilers, she uh, basically convinces a woman who's going to testify in uh, a sexual assault trial against the company. She convinces her not to testify Mm -hmm. by talking to her about like, oh, it's going to be so hard for you. You know, this is going to be your life for the rest of your life. You're never going to be able to be free of this. And it's such a horrible thing to do. And I, but it, the character makes sense to me Mm -hmm. um, in in a horrible way. And I, I like that she's, not left let off the hook um and no one like in the family too. is it's like um it's like sweet d on um it's always funny in salt in philadelphia like the first season of that show they made her more palatable than the rest of them and then like by the second season they were just like oh no she's just as horrible as the rest of them are yeah and obviously that's a comedy and that's one of my favorite sitcoms but i always appreciate that when uh, you know because unfortunately things do tend to go on gendered lines a lot of times with those sort of characters mm-hmm. i appreciate like you said they don't go any softer on her if anything she is more ruthless you know um uh, than many of the other kids and in a lot of her decisions yeah. and uh and i appreciate that but the acting too the acting is just like yeah 
I mean, it, it it's why HBO still has like that name for itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though they don't have my subscribers, pen- womp womp. Well, well, but also like Succession, it, I, and this is just my opinion. I feel like even though Netflix has had some really good shows, like uh, House of Cards, obviously great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, which, until the final season. Well, <laughs> well, sure. But, 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 you know, until the final season, I mean, that was like, a great show and famously uh, lost a bidding war. Like HBO wouldn't pay $100 million for it. Netflix would, um, which I'm sure made sense at the time, but very good um, uh, move by a, a, a co-CEO, Ted Sarandos. But like... Um, I don't know. I look at Succession and I'm like, this this is an HBO show. Like, this is just the sort of quality of the drama and the mm-hmm. acting and everything. And like, yeah, this this is the only network this could appear on. Like, no other service. And again, from everything we've said, this. like, there are obvious reasons that like it's not a show for everyone, and that's fine. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, wow, we've got to end this episode. Uh, hey, <laughs> wow. But first, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by guess what? Another podcast focused from Relay FM. If you like our show, there's a good chance you will like focused. Pure, undisturbed focus is something of a superpower these days, one I am always striving for, especially with so many distractions, like my beautiful dog. It's hard to stay focused during work, walking your dog, doing your hobbies, walking your dog, or even just watching TV. If you've been meaning to get focused, this is the show for you because hosts David Sparks and Mike Schmitz can show you how. They've done episodes about roles and goals and how those two things work together, about ADHD and cognitive science with special guest Brittany Smith, and about The Big Reset making those huge workflow changes, changing your default state to to reset your life uh, and your creativity. Uh, so you can get focused because life is more than just cranking widgets. Go to relay.fm slash focused or search for focused wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much, y'all. Um, Brianna, what are you doing this week? Uh, I'm working on my television podcast. What? <laughs> what? Uh, Christina, what about you? Yeah, so I'm uh, just doing some work stuff, um, and uh, uh, Microsoft Ignite is in two weeks. Also, I'm going home next weekend for Halloween um, to spend um, Halloween with a baby, and uh, so that's exciting. How old's that baby now? Coming up on a year? Uh, No, no, no. He uh, he just turned six. Well, he'll turn six months rather on um, uh, November first. So, um, yeah, you're freaking kidding me. I know. Isn't that nuts? It's been six months. Stop. So, <laughs> no, it's been like a. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's, it's been like three months. Yeah, no. Hey, Bree, can you like. back me up on this? That kid was born a year ago, right? Uh, I think it was more like six months. I'm sorry. Oh man. Oh gee. Okay, carry on. Yeah, so I'm gonna go spend a baby's first Halloween with him. Oh. I'm gonna just like take off on a Friday and like come back on a red eye um, on a, like a Monday morning. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm super excited to to do that. And uh, yeah, just uh, just chilling. Um, nothing too. I don't have any TV pilots to work on, sadly. Although if anybody wants to yeah. hire me to write one, you know, I have time for a side gig. So do that. Let's all get into it. it can't, how hard could it be, right? <laughs> uh, uh, I am, oh God, so devoted to my son, Edward Scissorhands. So I am fostering Eddie uh, through, I hope he didn't hear me just say his name, through an organization here in New York called Hearts and Bones. Uh, he arrived on Friday and I almost feel like I should wait till next week to talk about him because this show is going so long, but he totally. is just a, a real gem 
of a dog, a lovely creature, and like watching his personality kind of change as he's gotten as he settled in more has been really cool. Um, you know, some sometimes his personality has changed not in great ways, in that he learned today that he likes to chew things, but he's such a sweetheart and so stinking cute, it's really disgusting. Um, so this so. is what I don't understand, Simone. So you're fostering this dog. You can't keep this dog forever. How how are you going to survive when this is over? That would kill me. Uh, I'll probably just cry for a long time, Bree. Thanks okay. for asking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Good are you going to gonna foster another one? Like, have you enjoyed this experience enough that you're, you're, you want to foster another one? I, I definitely would like to. Um, I, I really lucked out. Because he is so, like, he came potty trained, he came leaf trained. Oh, yeah. Even crate yeah, that's, trained, that's and that's great. not always the case. And sometimes, like, even if they are, they forget once they're in a new environment. Right. And that hasn't been the case with him. Um, and even so, he's still, like, just absorbing so much of my time and energy, which is wonderful because he's perfect and I love him. Um, it's definitely an experience I would like to do again. And I'm getting better at being a dog parent and i'm really enjoying it um but it's definitely something where i think i'll have to like choose my moments really carefully because you know i just want to be with him all the time and help him be a better dog so 100 yeah. percent understand he's so good it's, it's it's been really rewarding like if you're if you're thinking about fostering it's definitely tough but also just great it's just great he's a great guy <laughs> Okay, that's our show for this week. Christina, where can I find you online? Um, you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh, I don't know what my follower count on Instagram is, but I still don't have 10,000. Wow. So please, really please follow me on. I'm disappointed as well, but I haven't, I don't post very often. I will post more often if I start getting more followers. Um, so that's not and, how and it more. works, Christina. <laughs> I know it's not how it works, but I'm trying to encourage people to follow me. Um, so um, I, uh, yeah. Um, so, so follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram and uh, yeah. And Brianna, what about you? Well, not on Instagram, because after seeing uh, uh, I Know What You Did last summer, a lot of the plots are about the many terrible ways she can be stalked and murdered on Instagram. Oh, so 100%. watch out. Watch Accurate. out. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brianna Wu. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Thank you so much for listening to our show. I hope you liked it. And if you did, I hope that you leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps other people find the show as well. We'll be back with you next week with more of the news. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.